0: This podcast is recommended for a mature audience and contains themes that may offend. Hi, I'm Connie. I grew up in a small town, New Zealand. I watched lots of television growing up, documentaries like Who's the Boss?, Growing Pains, Kate and Ellie. When I was grown up, I went to the USA for real. These are some of my small stories in a big country, learning about the USA and learning about myself too. Canada is a very beautiful country, and I stayed with my friend Michael, um, who had an apartment, I guess he still does have an apartment, near Stanley Park, um, which is in Vancouver, BC, which I think I said. And um, just as kind of a side note, New Zealand doesn't have a lot of indigenous land mammals. Basically, before humanity stumbled upon these islands, the only mammal that lived here was a little bat, Maybe there was more than one kind of bat, um, and there were no other mammals. Every other ecological niche um, was filled by birds and reptiles, basically. Um, and so humans have arrived in New Zealand, and we've got we've got some mammals here now. We've got cats and dogs and sheep and cows and goats and pigs and you know. But we don't have um, the cute mammals from Disney at all. Like squirrels and chipmunks. Nope. No skunks. No um, mountain lions. They're kind of cute in a deadly kind of way. Um, We've got, I think we've got deer, but they were introduced because people like to hunt them. Anyway, the point being, when um, the first time I saw a squirrel uh, in North America, I kind of lost my shit and... As often happens with me in North America, it seems, I'm discovering through these stories, people asked, is she okay? Because I was at my friend's house in LA and there was a little squirrel running on the fence and I like fucking ran outside with my cell phone on record, like just vibrating with excitement and wanting to squeal but being completely quiet because I knew that if I made a loud noise it would frighten the little squirrel away. Oh my God, it was so freaking cute. Um, yeah, yeah, a little cutie little squirrel. It's a little adorable. was so cute. And it turns out that this is, um, this is a thing that other New Zealanders share, in fact. I'm visiting my friend in Vancouver. I'm, like, low-key excited because there are these, like, Disney animals that I have never seen in the wild in my life ever. Um, and I think I must have been telling, I must have been telling Michael about it and i think i must have said i really want to see a skunk and i you know what i can tell how you're reacting already because people in places where they are skunks straight away are like what is wrong with you like why why do you want to why why and the answer is because they're cute oh my god they're so cute like clearly i don't want to run up to the skunk and give it a hug I don't want to find out just how impossible it is to remove the stinky fucking bum spray. But I want to see one. I just want to see one. So I wanted to see a skunk for a distance. So my dear friend Michael indulged me. And we went for this walk. It was in the wintertime, so it got dark early. Um, around the lake in Stanley Park. And then, like, up and down the streets, basically looking... Um, looking in the apartment complex's trash areas to see if we could see a skunk because it was just, like, blowing my mind that you could, like, live in a in a high-rise apartment and then go downstairs and there might be a skunk or a raccoon. Oh, my God, I wanted to see a raccoon so badly. And again, I know, I know you all that live in a place where you've got raccoons. They're like, raccoons are a pest. They'll give you the rabies. You know, I just... I didn't want to run up to the raccoon or the skunk and give them a hug. I just wanted to see them from a distance. From a distance. (laughs) The skunk is cute and has a sassy little waddle. I wanted to see the sassy little waddle of the skunk. (laughs) Yeah, so that is like one of the magical things about um, continental North America is a plethora of... um, cute little animals. Oh my god, cute little animals. Like when we were staying in the mountain retreat and um, little bambi deer were like wandering through in the snow. It was so magical. Oh my god, it was magical. Like I say, we've got deer in New Zealand uh, as an introduced animal, but they, um you don't see them. They're all hiding up in the, the bush. The bush. Actually, that's one thing that's different about New Zealand and America, um, the wilderness. New Zealand is subtropical. So what we call what you'd call a forest we'd call the bush and it's a dense like tropical rainforest <clears throat> even though it's not as warm it's subtropical so if you go off the track in most of New Zealand bush you're going to need a machete to cut your way through that shit is like dense and I think it kind of partially explains my revulsion of outdoor activities because as a kid I was repeatedly dragged into this miserable <sighs> Misery of the New Zealand bush. Um, and then, so when I was in North America, I'd go into pine forests and I'm like, whoa, you can just like walk and you don't need a machete. <laughs> oh, it was so different and magical. The first time I went to a store with really a lot of wigs was a, like, transcendent religious experience for me because um, we can get wigs here in New Zealand, but generally they have to be imported. The city I live in has a wig store, but it's for um, ladies who've had chemo. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't have uh, a big African-American population in New Zealand at all, so the, co- the whole kind of weave and wig culture isn't a thing here so much so anyway I'm uh, I'm at the the mountain retreat and I've met this um drag queen called Walawa and I'm like girl I need to like get me some hair while I'm in North America and Walawa was like well what you need to do is go to this like nail place like nail and wig place in a North Portland mall and so Walawa gives me directions um to this place and so when we're back in Portland, <coughs> me and my friend uh, uh, Keystone drive, yeah I think we drive, so we drive to this mall in North Portland and Keystone hasn't been there either, P.S. Keystone does drag as well so it's this like sister journey to the mall Um, and I guess what I had in my mind was a mall would be like a pedestrian mall but it was a strip mall, it was like a humongous strip mall Um, and so... The instructions were really driving instructions and not walking instructions, which was like novel, which was novel to this little country mouse. <laughs> um, I don't even think New Zealand has a concept of strip malls. Uh, you know, we call them shopping centres, in fact. It's a shopping centre. Oh, the Westfield Mall? Oh, maybe we say mall a little bit. Anyway, whatever. So we find, this, um, we find this place, and actually this North Portland Mall turns out to be a cornucopia I think there's like a a payless shoes right there as well. Like I got a lot of good drag shit from this mall for like some low low prices, um, and so we go into the store and it's um it's just like ginormous barn, just full of works and a hundred percent it's targeted um, at African American community. So luckily for me, I had watched Chris Knox's documentary Good Hair, so I kind of had an insight into, um, the culture of black women and extensions and wigs and natural hair and, you know, the kind of, uh, specific needs that that hair type has and I tell you what I like watched a whole lot of documentaries about um uh dealing with natural hair just because I was curious and it turns out that all of that afro care wisdom applies to beards like when I started doing to my beard what I was seeing natural hair um people recommended to do with their afros my beard got real fabulous like seriously um is that, I'm, I'm just going to have a little sip of water. Mm. <clears throat> Kermit the frog is living in my throat. I'm just going to drown him. I don't know why I'm so so croaky today. So anyway, we're in this big wig situation. And they've got a sign up that says maximum of three wigs to try on in a session. And I'm like, what, what has gone on here in the past that made this uh, sign a requirement? So I'm having a look around and the wigs are fabulous but the thing is that they're not really drag wigs, they're for women who want to be beautiful women, not drag queens who want to be fucking crazy over the top expression of humanity in the same way that lightning is an expression of electricity, to quote the Pet Shop Boys there. but it was, you know, fascinating, and I like roamed through the aisles and looked at everything. And luckily, I was with my other friend. Oh, I think our other friend Pretzel was with us as well, who was very patient. But um, me and me and Keystone just like roamed around and roamed around, looked at all the works. I think I bought some hair extensions because I had this idea that I could do. Um, they were just like these clip-in ones because. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, you know, I'm just, like, a beginner at that time. And I had this idea that I could clip them into the back of um, one of my beehive wigs and turn it into this, like, big Peggy Bundy situation. Um, I discovered later that the people who run that store might have sold me, um, how shall I put this delicately, um, some bullshit, because it claimed that it was real hair. And then when I gave it to my hairdresser friend in Wellington, she was like, girl what is this now and I'm like it's real hair it says on the pack and she was like you feel this and I feel it And she was like feel how smooth that is human hair is not smooth it's rough and it has like little cuticle ridges and stuff this is synthetic and I was like god damn it they saw me coming But also, I didn't exactly break the bank buying it. So, I guess two things there. Buyer beware (laughs) and you get what you pay for. Um, The other kind of magical time I had with wigs in Portland. You know, I actually didn't have such a magical time with wigs in San Francisco um, because I was on this, um, like, mission to get a replacement for one of my beehive wigs, which I just, I haven't been able to find. It's a kind of wig that's got a built... Uh, kind of dome in it and I mean I can find them online but I just haven't been able to find a decent quality one I'm like god does anyone does anyone do one of these but with like decent hair in it Um, and so I had a kind of a poke around in San Francisco and and I think um, even with the wig stores Uh, drag wigs are a specialty item even in a big economy and and stuff has to be ordered basically that's what I got so I went to the wig stores they had in San Francisco they had an amazing range of wigs Um, but what I was getting was that even then I needed to like plan some lead time like it wasn't likely that I could just buy stuff um, uh, off the shelf um so, oh my God, and then there's Outfitters Wigs in Los Angeles. Oh my God, I've got so many, <laughs> so many. I have this like little note to make a story about Wigtopia and um, and I guess there's many, many. Anyway, so that was a North Portland Mall wig store. Then where I was staying in Portland in the Broadway district was, I think I mentioned in another episode, was a historically black neighbourhood. And so they had a wig, like a big wig store on Broadway. If, I mean, if you're from Portland, it's the wig store on uh, Broadway. Um. And I went, I was just like, it was walking distance from where I was staying. I was like, like, Jesus, thank you for presenting to me this mana from wiggy heaven. So I went in there. And again, it was a kind of the same thing where the wigs were really for, for women who wanted to be more beautiful women and not crazy, um, over the top, uh, drag performers. But I tell you what I did. And, um. Uh, I had a big talk with the owner just about wig care and, um, yeah, I just picked his brains about it. And I, yeah, I ended up buying a bunch of false eyelashes. I <laughs> bought a bunch of false eyelashes. I bought some, like, specialty wig shampoo and conditioner. I bought um, some specialty wig brushes. You know, I mean, I, I did I? But I don't think I actually bought a wig from this place. <clears throat> anyway, the place I really did spend some money on wigs and it became a bit of a ritual, was Outfitters Wigs on Hollywood Boulevard. And I found out about the store from a uh, Australian drag queen who used to live in Wellington, New Zealand, <clears throat> and we were doing drag together uh in the early 2000s poly filler who's totally worth a google so poly i was like girl where do you get these wigs and she was like um there's this place in la called outfitters wigs they'll do they'll do stuff to um order they'll ship it it's all good and i was like <laughs> feeling like the bougiest bitch in the world i was like well actually i'm going to be in los angeles in august so i might just stop by so um because remember I'm on this thing to find a replacement for that beehive wig so I emailed them a picture of this beehive wig and I'm like could you guys make this for me because you know I need a replacement um and so uh the next time I was in LA this is a very non-linear story <laughs> this is a very non-linear story but I think the point is like a patchwork of these like little these like wig stores that I visited um this Wig is on Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard is a dumpster fire of tourism and hustlers. God damn it, I hate Hollywood Boulevard so much. It is such, oh, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> like, I'm a tourist, but <clears throat> like, I'm also a little bit street smart because I grew up in a bad neighborhood. I mentioned I grew up in a bad neighborhood. Yeah, the small town I grew up in when I was a child, had an unemployment rate of 25%. It was it was troubled. And so since I was a little kid, I'm, when I'm out in public, I've always got half an eye out for anyone that's behaving erratically that might be troubled. <clears throat> Which um, I think some people might call that hypervigilance a reaction to trauma, or you could call it being street smart. So I'm in Hollywood Boulevard, and like my fucking street smart <laughs> alarm system is like fucking blaring full noise flashing red light klaxons in my mind because I'm like oh this is a hot mess this is a hot mess like you couldn't take two steps without someone coming up to you and trying to like sell you some bullshit tickets or my favourite sell me their mix CD I'm like oh yeah your CD cool and um, can you sell me a time machine so I can get into the time machine and like travel back to 2002 when I had a MacBook with a CD drive in it because how am I going to play your CD I mean you know everyone needs to make a living right I mean i guess I shouldn't be so salty about it but it's just like infuriating plus I was there in August so it was fucking hot um, and I was just about dead from dehy- dehydration so I stupidly went into um, uh, Starbucks which was Oh, just I was like I just want to like roll around and thrash because it was (laughs) was a dumpster fire and then I'd see other tourists and there was this one lady and I don't know who advised her that hanging her wallet around her neck on string would be secure I'm like girl you look you look green as fuck like someone is just gonna snatch that off you why 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 are you all like this (laughs) And then like hookers, which is fine. Some of my best friends are sex workers, like no no joking. But these were kind of like, if you're in a country that, so prostitution is legal in New Zealand. Where prostitution is illegal, it makes it real hard for people. <clears throat> and so I'm like saying hookers, like it's a bad thing. But it was just like, just man, it shouldn't be so hard for those girls to make a living. You know, so that was kind of like I'm like, God damn it! Uh, and then addicts, and again, like no judgment, but if like your fucking um, crystal habit has got you acting all unpredictably during the day, like yeah, I'm going to have some judgment about that. So I fight my way through this whole hot mess. Two outfitters wigs established 1960 blur de blur, and it was like just for a moment the clouds parted, although there were no clouds because it was Los Angeles. Um, the sky is always blue and uh, beams of light shone down and a herald of angels sang I had reached the promised land of Outfitters Wigs and I go in there and it is a store full of drag wigs because it's Los Angeles because LA is a show town it's not like Vegas, like a show town but a lot of film and television being produced in Los Angeles and those um, all need hair and makeup Um, so yeah, it was like amazing and I'm just... Uh, oh right, that's right. Then I go to the back um, and I'm trying to talk to, I've you know, I've got this email um, uh, that I've been having with the owner of the shop and I'm trying to talk to a girlfriend whose English wasn't great. Um, was she Hispanic, Latinx, Latinx? I can't remember. Um, but we were having some wake language barriers and I was kind of a little bit feeling like, rock roll, <laughs> am I going to get my wig? And then other girlfriend who um, was Asian came out and she totally, um, we totally like, could understand each other, and she was like, "Oh yeah, 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 you're the guy with the wig, and the owner's not here today." And so they bring the wig out, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it was amazing! It was my first like really fabulously bespoke bespoke wig, um, which I've have got. It's in this room somewhere, actually. uh Yeah. And then then what happened was that I looked at all of the other wigs, and um Miss Asian girlfriend, she could tell that I was a ripe mark for some uh, upselling, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and because the wig I'd ordered was black she was like oh you like the dark wigs and she showed me this wig in the window which is the wig that I'm wearing in my portrait so I don't know if you know this but a local um portrait artist Tatiana Kolita who trained in the Florence at the Florence Academy I sat for her for like three months and there's a portrait of me um yeah, there's a portrait of me in drag. It's fabulous. And the wig I'm wearing in the portrait is the wig that I got from Outfitters Wigs this day. Not the one that I ordered, but the one that was in the window because this this um, lady who could tell that um, I was probably going to spend <laughs> spend some more money because I was so freaking excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So I think I bought, I bought my, the one that I'd ordered, I bought, and then I bought the big, it was huge. I mean, if you see the portrait, it's just like big, like 1960s updo with heaps of curls and it's just this huge wig. I feel like I bought another wig as well. I felt like I went totally cray-cray there. I think I bought like another black wig with a flick in it. It was kind of like a 50s thing, Um, which was amazing. And then I had to um, put it all in these big boxes and then me and my boxes had to get... um, (laughs) get out of the dumpster fire that is Hollywood Boulevard back to where I was staying. Um, I think I was staying in West Hollywood that time. So what I did was I basically got off um, uh, the boulevard onto a side street and just ordered ordered an Uber from a side street and went back to West Hollywood with my fucking huge wig boxes. Um, And I think I went to a coffee place in West Hollywood. I didn't go straight back to where I was staying. I went to this coffee place um, because I was... Uh, I wanted a coffee, and um, had a coffee, and then I was walking back to where I was staying, and this guy said to me, hey, I really like your t-shirt, and it was like a, I've still got it, it's a slight t-shirt that looks like a sports um, team t-shirt, but it's for like team unicorns, and it's a picture of a unicorn, and I was like, oh cool, thanks man, and I kept walking and walking, and then I was like, god damn it, I think that guy was flirting with me, oh god damn it, why don't I notice this is why I'm single? So, yeah, so I've got all of these wigs, and then I need to get the wigs back to New Zealand with me, and I don't, and I mean, there's like nothing nefarious about this. It's just a logistical thing. Um, I mean, how do you, you can't really, they're styled wigs, so you can't You can't crush them. So what What ended up happening was that in my carry-on um, bag, I had like, oh, right, no, there's like more stories to be had here. Right, because then I needed to get a carry-on um for the wigs because what I had been doing was um I had this like little brown I had a small carry-on because in New Zealand uh airlines don't charge you for absolutely everything so people are kind of relaxed about their luggage. But in the US every single suitcase costs you money except your carry-on. And so what people do and what I did was figure out the maximum dimensions you're allowed on a carry-on and buy the biggest bag right at the limit. <laughs> It's like luggage brinksmanship. So I go to Sears, it's Sears, um, which I don't think exists anymore. I think it was like, I, I did the, um, the uh, farewell tour of Sears. So it was in the Lloyd Centre, um, if you know Portland, it's like a suburban mall in the Broadway district. And there was a Sears there. So I go in, oh, it's this big American department store. And girl, I mean, I could tell that the internet had killed it. It was like empty, I think it was like me and maybe one other person and someone doing the cash register and that was it. Anyway, so I found this red carry-on luggage. I like Googled the airline dimension policy, found one that was right on the edge. (laughs) Bought that. So when I flew back to New Zealand, I had this really, really light carry-on because all it had in it were like three fully styled wigs that couldn't be... um, (laughs) <laughs> that couldn't be packed down any smaller. Oh, funny! I don't know how that looked in the um luggage, the luggage scan, scan ometer. Um, subsequently, um, a, a trip to Outfitters Wigs has become part of the pilgrimage ritual that I have with, um, visiting uh, North America. Um, the the Hollywood Boulevard never ceases to be a dumpster fire. I, the one time I went there with um, my friend's niece who was visiting and um. Uh, yeah she drove us over and we parked up we we're walking down the road and there was this like junkie having a fight with another guy and he threw like a water bottle at this guy's head and I was just like god damn it I hate this so much I just want to get my fucking wig <laughs> and I felt real bad because Chris's niece um Charlotte hi um she seemed like a she seemed like a a nice girl from a good family and I'm like dragging her into this like fucking twilight world of Dumpster fire Hollywood Boulevard and cross dressing and outfit as wigs established 1964. <laughs> oh my god. That time was funny because I bought another really big wig. <coughs> big wig. I mean, I never, I I haven't done a bespoke wig from there since. It was real expensive. I was like, maybe not real expensive. It was maybe like two or three hundred US dollars. Yeah, that's pretty fucking expensive. Um, And, uh, So getting the wig back to New Zealand, it was the same deal that I was going to put this wig in my carry-on luggage. Um, And so this time it was just the wig. So what I did was I have a big puffer jacket um, that I got to survive the fucking freezing wintertime in Canada. And so I wrapped the wig in my puffer jacket and then put that in my carry-on and that was it. But then what happened was... um, when we were boarding the flight back to New Zealand, security were pulling people aside after the check in gate. Like, I don't know, something must have, something weird was going on. And so they were basically randomly searching people's bags. And I was just like, oh, fuck my life. Like, I just, I just, you, you always run the risk with this that you're going to get someone who's going to be an asshole about your, like, little fucking cross-dressing tendencies and I was like I just don't want to have to explain this wig to some customs guy and but then it turned out because remember how in that other podcast episode it's I said that I always present like a republican going to the fucking country club I had that drag on and so the guy was super relaxed with me like it was like all the things that are wrong with the privilege system he was like oh this tall white guy's not gonna you know be da 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 he kind of does this perfunctionary rummage in my bag kind of pushes the jacket around and gets me on the plane but then for 12 hours I'm like that motherfucker better not have upset the fucking scent of my wig. There's a set wig in that jacket, and you were, like, handling it like an ape, and I'm glad you didn't, like, discover the wig because I didn't want to have a talk about the wig, which might have been fine. I don't know. Motherfucker. So, yeah, me and wigs in North America. Um, there's some amazing people in Wellington, New Zealand, who style wigs now. Um, Harley Lux, hi, is a local drag queen who has... Um, yeah, just been my go-to for wig styling. Um, and that fabulous pink wig um, as well was not done by Harley, but by... Oh my God, I'm so bad with names. If you're curious about who did that pink wig, send me a message and I'll let you know. Um, I'm so bad. Why I'm just It's like a thing that I forget names. Anyway, me and wigs. At the moment, I'm living in a hotel and along with my possessions, I've got wig blocks and wigs. And it's just like... It's just like I live with my wigs. I live with my wigs. Do I live for my wigs? I don't know. I love me some wigs though. That's that's my Wigtopia story. I feel like it's a long one. As well as wigs, another thing I like to do in America is go shopping for makeup. And again, in New Zealand, we can get access to makeup. We just bought or we just order our shit online. Um, But the opportunity to have an entire product range at one's disposal to kind of like smear on the back of your hand and see if that um, colour really does go with your complexion uh, is an irresistible proposition. Um, and so this led me to go into Nordstrom for the first time, which is like this like fucking bougie department store. Like, we just don't have stores like Nordstrom in New Zealand. We've got David Jones in Wellington and Smith & Coe in Auckland. They try and be bougie, but David Jones in Wellington doesn't have air conditioning. And I can't imagine spending $1,000 on Louis Vuitton shoes if I'm sweating. Yeah, I need to feel cool and refreshed. So I go to Nordstrom it's summertime it's got ac it's all cool and delicious and i'm just like wow (laughs) luxury brands for real luxury brands i'm like wow is that hugo boss who once made clothes for the nazis oh that's awkward that i know that Mm, just keep on walking past that chanel gautier lagerfeld names darling names to quote, absolutely fabulous. Anyway, I only had one thing on my mind, which was MAC, M-A-C. I fucking love their lipstick so much. And actually, I quite like um, their translucent dusting powder, and I'm a big fan of their um, uh, primer. And, oh my God, their pre- their eye primer, their Prep and Prime is amazing. Like, I used to have a thing where my um, eyeshadow would um run a little bit because uh, i'm a sweaty beast and um i am prone to a bit of tears as well um and so yeah i got this mac prep and prime um eyeshadow primer and oh my god my the makeup just stays where i put it which is all you really want the foundation's good um actually yeah just as a sideline the three kind of brands that i rate for drag are mac um uh, because it's good, it's good quality and a little goes a long way and I love me some MAC um, Creolin which is a German brand of makeup uh, for theatre and television and so their stuff um, has amazing coverage doesn't budge they sell all of the specialty waxes that you need for eyebrow blocking um, in the old fashioned way I know a lot of queens use um, uh, glue sticks it just doesn't work for me um, and then the other one is been good old Ben Nye, um, because again a lot of um, it 's like the American version of creolin a lot of like theatrical bright colors, fabulous shimmer. Um, and then, like, every person interested in makeup, I've got a bevy of, like, off-brand stuff that you just bought because it seemed fabulous at the time. Um, anyway, so I go to Nordstrom, and I'm really, really super interested in the Mac counter. And there's such darlings. There's such darlings. Because I'm this, like, if I'm not in drag, um, I'm this fucking six-foot-tall, rugby-playing-looking guy with no neck. <laughs> Um, until I open my mouth, and then people are like, "Oh, she's a huge queen and girl." They are right. She is a huge queen, and so they just gave me the run of um, the Mac counter. And I just I'm closing my eyes, imagining now there was a lipstick stand, lipstick stand with maybe like sixty four different lipstick shades on it, like basically the entire Mac range. Everything that was manufactured was available um, at the Mac counter in the Nordstrom. Um, in the Portland and I just spent just I just spent so long there just trying this and trying that and um, it's kind of funny because actually the my kind of like air quote signature shade of lipstick actually is just MAC's Mac's flagship colour MAC it's like MAC red you know like Revlon red MAC red it's just like their red with um, I think I use a Ruby Woo lip liner pencil because um, that just helps things not get a little bit spider legs. Uh, And it was just fabulous. I had just a great time um, at the Nordstrom. Yeah, it was. And then I think we went to, um, like, the little cafe there. And then I was like, you know what? I like this less. Because the problem is that even though I really enjoy the um, artifice of a bougie environment, the fact is that I'm, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not one of them. I'm just not. I'm like this fucking cross-dresser who's from a bad neighbourhood, who somehow, through fucking luck, (laughs) has ended up in software engineering where I'm making some good money. But when I, like, end up in a dining room with other bougie people, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, this is not where I'm supposed to be. These are not my people. These are not my people. Because I just can't take it seriously. I just can't take it seriously. Um, Yeah, anyway, I think that might be the... um, Oh, look at me doing an outro for the first time ever. I think this might be the end of this um, uh, episode. I really, really, really super enjoy spending time with you um, making these episodes because um, the time I've spent in North America has just been absolutely transformative for, for me and my own life. Um, and I really enjoy re- revisiting these memories so much. So, yeah, thanks. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. There'll be, like, another another episode tomorrow because, you know, with uh, the Rona, <laughs> it's like a lot of us have got a lot of time on our hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, love you heaps. Bye. The podcast you have been listening to has concluded. Remember to subscribe to be notified of new episodes.